happening, Cowboy Nation, and welcome into another episode of Preview in the Pokes. I'm your host, Josh Criswell. Got a lot of great stuff to get into. Going to be joined by the co-host of the YO Sports Podcast, David Graff, to help break down what happened last week and the Cowboys' big win over CSU, as well as what they need to do to keep the winning streak rolling this weekend. But before we do that, join right now by a very special guest, Ron Counts of the Idaho Statesman. Ron, you know, for me, first thing that I noticed looking at these two teams and helping preview in this game is these are two teams that have fallen well below their lofty expectations they set for themselves at the beginning of the year. I know Boise State's still in the hunt for that Mountain Division title, but it's going to be an uphill battle these last couple of weeks. Both teams coming in at five and four. What's the biggest takeaway you have from this up and down season the Broncos have been on? Really, this season for the Broncos has been all about growing pains and injuries. First on the growing pains, you know, it's a brand new coaching staff. They hired a former Boise State linebacker, Andy Avalos, as the head coach in January. He brought in a whole new staff, especially offensive coordinator Tim Plow, who was at UC Davis and really had a, a, a high-powered, pass-heavy offense there at UC Davis. But he brought the, that deep, that offense here, and it's a complete separation from what Boise State has run in the past. Uh, it's very RPO-heavy. Hank Bachmeyer, the starting quarterback, said he'd never run an offense like that in his, his entire career. He, he'd been a spread guy, a pro guy. So that's been a lot to get used to. And then, and then on the injury front, you know, Boise State's had four different starting combinations on the offensive line because of injuries. They're on their fourth, they're on their third different center this season because of injuries. They haven't had uh, their star running back, George Halani, fully healthy until just last, last week. And we saw what a difference he can make in, in, at Fresno State. So you're right that they've fallen below expectations, especially, I mean, that they started the season three and four for the first time since 2001. You know, this, this is a fan base that's not used to losing. They're, they're used to being on top of the Mountain West in the championship conversation, you know, in, in the top 25, looking for a New Year's Six bowl game. And, and a lot of those things aren't going to happen, aren't going to happen this year. They are still in the hunt for that Mountain West title. They, they need some things to happen for them. You know, they need Utah State to lose a game. Uh, it would help if, if, if Air Force lost a game so they can get back in there. But they're not out of the hunt. They just, they just need to win out, and they need some help. Right, and, you, you know, you mentioned the coaching change. I guess that's my first question for you is it, it seems like as far back as I can remember, Boise State always goes for the offensive-minded head coach. Obviously, that's been a change-up with Andy Avalos. And, you know, obviously, I think it's an exciting hire for sure, just having that Boise State connection. Uh, but for you, you know, what's the biggest thing you've noticed maybe change just with him coming in as the new head coach? Really, uh, I think it's that he's empowered the players. You know, he, he's got this leadership council that really helps him make a lot of dishes, decisions on the team. He said one of the first things that his staff did in January when they got here was sit down with every player individually and ask them what needed to change. You know, what do they need to do? So I, I think that's really, really spoken volumes about him being a player's coach. That's really talk, that, that really speaks volumes about his confidence in his players. And his players want to play hard for him. Now, in, in terms of him being a defensive coach, you're right. That is a separation. And we thought really, you know, a lot of people were excited but the, the interesting thing there is that they've been, they've struggled a bit on defense this year. You know, they're, they're, they're last in the Mountain West in rush defense. Uh, they've only got, I think, 20 sacks on the season. So, so the de defense hasn't been better since Andy got here. But I would say the camaraderie on the team is better. I would say he loves his word brotherhood. You know, the, the Bronco brotherhood is much, much stronger since he got here. And I think they're on, they're on, they're on the right track. You know, they've, they've, this, they've put, Wins together in back-to-back -back weeks for the first time this season. Uh, as we mentioned a minute ago, they're still in the, the hunt for the Mountain West title. So there's, there's a lot to still be done with, with this team. 
Yeah, you know, earlier you mentioned it helped the Broncos out a little bit of Air Force loss, had that tough loss, you know, to the Falcons a couple weeks ago. Since then, as you mentioned, back-to-back wins, beat Colorado State pretty convincingly, and then just absolutely beat the doors off Fresno State, and really a surprising one right there, especially the way the Bulldogs have been playing as of late. You know, looking back just the last week, what's the thing that impressed you the most against the Bulldogs? It was two things. One, they played a clean game. Boise State didn't turn, didn't turn the ball over, and I think they were only called for three or four penalties, whereas Fresno State was hit with 11, 11 penalties in that game. And then offensively, the run game finally came to life. George Helani is, is, is a star back. I mean, he's potentially one of the top two or three backs in this league when he's healthy, but he hadn't been healthy all season. He's missed three games with a hamstring injury. He's been on a snap count for every other game he played in. So this was the first game where he was fully healthy. He carried the ball 21 times, had 100-plus yards. It was his first 100-yard rushing game since the 2020 season opener. So that just shows you, like, he is such a huge part of this offense. You know, he's, he's very twitchy, very explosive. And when he gets in there, when he touches the ball, good things happen more often than not. You know, looking at the stats, it, it seems like the Broncos are the epitome of a bend but don't break defense, ranked near the bottom of the league with almost 400 yards allowed per game, but number three in the conference with less than 21 points allowed. So it, it's definitely been, uh, you know, if you're if you're a defense, I think you'd be definitely happy to have that as opposed to the reverse. But for you, what's the thing that makes this defense so dangerous and what is it that makes them so good whenever the field gets shortened a little bit? Well, it's exactly that. Their mentality changes when their back is against the wall. Uh, against Colorado State, they stopped Colorado State four times in the red zone, just holding them to field goals. Three of those times they were inside Boise State's five-yard line and they held them to field goals. So this defense has a three-or-nothing mentality in the red zone. You know, they're they're they're, they're experienced defense. You know, they, they've got their their linebackers are both fourth and fifth-year seniors. Uh, they've got some experienced starters in the back end. Uh, a, a, Freak athlete in JL Skinner's at 6'4", 215 safety. Uh, their, their defensive line has taken some hits this year in terms of injuries and, and defections, but they're playing out of their mind. I mean, the defensive line was probably the star defensively against Fresno State. You know, Scott Matlock was in, was in the quarterback's face every other play. Shane Irwin, the defensive end, was getting good pressure. So I think when, when the field shortens in the red zone, you've got to have guys that are decisive and you've got to have guys that are aggressive. And, and Boise State has that on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, with Boise State's offense, Hank Bachmeyer, a huge part of that at the quarterback position. But, you know, looking at it, he's one of the top passers in the conference. But looking at the Cowboys, ranked number one in the league in pass defense. And one thing that hasn't really given them trouble yet is that traditional pocket passer. They shut down Jay Kaner earlier this year. But then on the flip side, maybe some guys that aren't as talented of throwers like Nick Nash have kind of gashed him at times. You know, for you, how much mobility does Bachmeyer have if he needs to use it? And I guess on on the flip side of that, if the Cowboys are able to contain him and slow down that passing attack, how confident are you that the rushing attack can kind of build off its current momentum? Uh, in terms of Bachmeyer's mobility, he, he's a sneaky mobile guy. Uh, he, he's not a dual threat guy that they're going to do a lot of design quarterback runs for, but he's a guy that's not afraid to run the ball when, when plays break down. And in reality, early in his career, that kind of hurt him. Uh, he started as a freshman he was running way too much, missed six games that year because of injuries. And he's just – that's been something that, that uh, Tim Plow has tried to coach out of him this year, to really make those decisions to know when to run, when to slide, when to throw the ball away. And he's really grown in that area, especially in the second half of the season here. And in terms of shutting that passing game down, uh, there haven't been many, too many teams that can shut down Khalil Shakir, the wide receiver. I mean, he's just maybe the, the best wide receiver in this conference – He's, he's all these like acrobatic one hand catches. He's been on Sports Center top 10 twice already this season. So 
Shutting him down is going to be a challenge. But but I think, you know, if if Wyoming is able to slow that passing game down, it's all going to rely on George Halani in that running game. You know, if, if they can get a repeat performance last week, uh, good things are going to happen. You know, the, the fact is when George Halani touches the ball 20 times and rushes for more than 100 yards, Boise State's undefeated in the games that he's done that. I, I think they're 5 or 6-0 and over the last three years when he's done that. So, if the, really, Wyoming's – Wyoming's deal has got to be shutting down George Halani and then worrying about Hank Bachmeyer. All right, Ron, last one for you. What's your prediction for Friday? I think it's going to be a close game. You know, uh, their last, the last two years, these, these games have gone down to the wire. Two years ago in Boise, it went to overtime. Last year in Laramie, it was 17-9 to nine in a blizzard. Uh, I don't see this being a blowout by any means. I think it's going to come down to who can run the ball and who can hit that one or two big plays in the passing game. I mean, both these teams want to be physical in the running game. Both these teams have quarterbacks that can deliver the ball down the field. The question is, who's going to win that battle? You know, if, if George Halani is as healthy as he is last week, I have a hard time believing Boise State is going to lose the game. Now, that being said, Xavion Valade, Titus Swin, those are some talented dudes back there running the ball. They are big, physical, you know, NFL-type body types that, 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 that Boise State is going to have to slow down. So, you know, in my opinion, whoever hits that 100-yard rushing mark first wins the game. I think I, I, my prediction is probably Boise State 35-31, but I would not be surprised at all if it goes the other way. You heard from Ron Counts of the Idaho Statesman. You can follow him on Twitter at Ron underscore Bronco Beat. Really appreciate it. I'll see you this weekend. Thanks, man. All right. Now, as we do every week, going to close out the show with David Graff, co-host of the YF Sports Podcast. Going to take a quick look back at last week's game, as well as a look ahead at the Cowboys' upcoming showdown. But before we do that, Wyoming kicked off its men's basketball season last night at the Arena Auditorium. And man, did they impress. Absolutely beat the brakes off Detroit Mercy by, I think, 38 points. Really a dominant all-around performance, especially considering Detroit Mercy got a couple of first-place votes in the horizon league and was only a four and a half point underdog coming into last night's game so really strong start I was there in person I know you were following along um, Graham EK was just absolutely dominant Hunter Maldonado also impressed really a ton of guys got involved what was the thing that impressed you the most about last night the thing that impressed me the most is the thing that coach Linder has been harping on since I first talked to him back in April he said this team has to be a better defensive team and they held Detroit Mercy to 47 points. 47 points. Now, Wyoming doesn't play like Virginia, so 47 points is not a lot of points. I, I was really impressed with the defense. Graham Ike is a machine inside. He's just a huge human being with long arms. I don't know how you'd shake his hand, let alone guard him on the basketball floor. So, I was really impressed with the defense last night and Graham E.K. and just the continuation of what we saw a little bit from last season since he didn't get going until midway through the season for the Pokes. Any other takeaways from hoops? I know it's just the first game, so don't want to make any crazy suggestions or anything like that before we get into football. You know, I just got to go back to what you were saying about Graham Ike. He was a monster in the paint. I asked Jeff Linder about his impact after the game, and he said he's special, special. Like, he's just – he was a guy that, you know, he had a couple of shots go in and out, could have very well been close to 30 points. And it's one of those situations where it seems like 
almost anyone you go up against is going to have to double team him. If you don't, he's going to score points. If you double team him, they're one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. So I thought that was really impressive. I also thought it was really impressive just getting everybody involved. A lot of different pieces, four guys scoring in double figures, four guys with at least five rebounds. So really just an all around strong performance. And last thing you mentioned, the defense, Antoine Davis, I think he was second in the country among qualified scorers last season in points per game. And they pretty much shut him down. I think he had about 18 points, but did that on close to 30% shooting. So I was just really all around impressed. Xavier Ducell was one of the guys Jeff Linder mentioned after the game is really playing a key part in locking him down. So definitely going to be a uh, an interesting season and going to be an exciting team to follow. And if they can keep that defense up, I really think they can make some noise. No doubt. The final line for Graham, EK, 22 points, five boards, two assists. That I, I expect to see that a lot from EK, maybe a few more rebounds, but that'll come. That'll come. Next up for the Pokes, they'll take on UAPB, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, on Sunday at 2 p.m. at the AA. Now, let's go back to football as we like to do each week. Border War, you were there. You saw the absolute, for lack of a better term, massacre because the Cowboys just jumped the sheep on Saturday, 31-17, maybe getting the, the season back on track for the football team. You know, what what are your thoughts coming out of that one? Yeah, all around impressed. I think, you know, you put it up there with Ball State is really the only two complete performances we've seen out of this team. And I said it on the radio earlier this week. It it, it make, it's almost makes it a little bit sad for Wyoming fans just because you look at how dominant they were against a good Colorado State team. And it just makes you wonder what could have been if there weren't some of these unnecessary slip ups along the way. But it was really promising to see that really carried over their momentum offensively from that second half against San Jose State. And I mean, it, when any time you can gain more rushing yards than your biggest rival has total yards, it's going to be a good day for you out there. No doubt. The thing that stuck out to me, I wasn't able to get first home game of the season. I wasn't able to make the trip, but I was following along at State Volleyball watching on my phone there. Turnovers. They were able to force turnovers. They were able to stop Colorado State, relatively speaking, from getting the ball to Trey McBride in the red zone. That helped. So I I think the turnovers, you know, that's something that Coach Bowl has been harping on for a month now. Like you said, complete effort, complete game, awesome performance from, you know, all phases of the team. And – We'll see if they can replicate it Friday night against Boise State. What are your thoughts heading into this game on the blue turf? Well, first off, you mentioned Trey McBride. I was really impressed that they were able to keep him out of the red zone. I was also a little bit baffled that Colorado State made no attempts to throw the ball his way once they got in scoring situations. I, I sent you the link. The, uh, the Denver Post had a pretty scathing column of CSU head coach Steve Adazio taking his quote about the game, about how he was never going to ever forget uh, this loss and saying if only he wouldn't have forgotten about his NFL tight end in the red zone. But, you know, moving ahead, moving ahead to Boise State, I, I really like the Cowboys' chances. We'll give out our prediction, or I will at least at the end of the show, but I really liked uh, – I like their matchup. You know, Hank Bachmeyer, 
a really talented guy passing the ball, has some mobility, but it kind of gives me a similar feeling to the matchup against Fresno State. Obviously, Boise may be a little bit more balanced offensively, but it uh, – I think it kind of plays into their hands as well as the secondary has been playing, finally got a couple of interceptions last week. I think it really could be a big day for the Cowboys. And, I mean, if they win this one, that's a lot of momentum heading into two very winnable games as good as Utah State's been to close out the season. They they need a win next week or Friday against Boise State in order to secure bowl eligibility, in my opinion. I think everybody's written up that Hawaii game is a win for six games, but Poke fans have seen this before. You get six wins. It doesn't always guarantee a bowl. So Friday's game, I think, is a very winnable game against a team that we talked about on this podcast earlier this season. Boise State just baffles me. I don't – they had a, an impressive performance last week in a rivalry game for them against Fresno State, but which which – Boise State Broncos team is going to show up at home. They haven't won at home in a, in a while for them. So I think this is the perfect spot for the Pokes to come in and, you know, maybe steal one, get Craig Bowles second win against Boise State. And the first one up on the blue turf for the program. But no, I, I think it's a, uh, I think one of the big things is going to be stopping the run. You know, you saw Boise State near the bottom of the conference in rushing offense, but Last week, I think they had close to 100 yards more than their season average, really got that ground game going, and that really allowed them to just absolutely dominate a really talented Fresno State team. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's two teams that they're very much playing for, if not bowl eligibility, as you mentioned, they both have chances to secure it. They're playing for that chance to boost their eyes and the or boost their standing in the eyes of prospective bowl games. So it's going to be tricky. I think, you know, there could be maybe one bowl eligible team in the Mountain West that gets left home. So every win you can get is going to be huge, especially, you know, both of these teams. Each of them seems to have one that you should be able to mark down as a win left on the schedule, but they also have one game against one of the top contenders in the conference. No doubt. Boise State, you mentioned that rushing attack last week. George Halani came back for the Broncos, 21 carries for 117 yards for that man. He was somebody that said ever since he left, ever since he had gotten hurt, they they looked lost on offense. He'll be back. He'll be suiting up on Friday. So should he'll be key to, you know, try to contain him, and then you can limit the confidence of Hank Bachmeyer what 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 is your prediction for Friday? Let's let's jump back on the prediction bandwagon. The curse has been lifted for Josh Criswell. He's no longer touching UNLV games in his free time. What what are your predictions for Friday? Well, first off, maybe I should have stayed with UNLV predictions in my free time after last week, but it seems like I gave up on the Rebels at just the wrong time. But no, for this weekend, like I mentioned, I really like Wyoming's chances. It's going to be a tough game, two really good teams. As I mentioned, two teams with a lot to play for, but give me Wyoming in a 24 to 21 victory, maybe a John Hoyland field goal to walk it off for the win at Albertson Stadium. Wow. Wow. Wyoming is a 14-point underdog in this game. That's, I think, maybe a few too many points. But I'm I'm not going to take a win for the Pokes. I think that it's hard 
when you come off a rivalry game win and to continue that momentum. Sometimes, you know, you see teams play like the previous week is their Super Bowl. I don't want to use – I don't want to say that the border war was Wyoming's Super Bowl, but I'm, I'm just skeptical on the road at Boise State. It's going to be tough for, for them on a short week, no less. So give me Wyoming 21, Boise State 17. I'll take the pokes by four as opposed to three like yourself. I like it. I like it. Well, that's all we got for you. I'm Josh Criswell. He's David Graff. You've been listening to Preview in the Pokes. You can find us on Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. We've got you covered. Also, make sure to go to yosports.net for all things Cowboys football. We'll talk to you next time. Ride to the brand.